This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 85 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman. And even though we're still in quarantine and we have all the time in the world, let's not waste any because we have Saruti on the line. Steve, I don't know if this is week five or six. It's all run together. But how is yet another week in quarantine going? Let's get a temperature check in the Saruti household. I mean, I'm good. I'm super bored. I'm trying to be productive every day. I'm cleaning a lot. We did the, we cleaned the basement out. I'm trying to like do things around the house just to feel like I've done something for the day because if I sit on the couch all day and watch movies and play FIFA, it just gives you a shitty feeling at the end of the day. You don't feel like you accomplished anything. You feel like you don't deserve to enjoy these things. So I'm trying to get some things done during the day so I could just sit on the couch for basically eight hours at night. I feel like when you sit on the couch, it's the energy equivalent of eating a whole thing of raw cookie dough. You know how when you eat a lot of sweets, you just feel lethargic and gross? To me, it's the same way if you just sit on the couch all day and watch Netflix all day. You just, you're like, I might as well have eaten the cookie dough as well because I just feel equally as gross. You know what's crazy, too? Why is it that the less you do, the more tired you are? It's insane. Yeah, that is insane. Like, I feel like... If I get a good eight hours of sleep, which I'm basically, which I obviously do now every night, and then I sit on the couch, I could just take a nap every day. And I'm like, why am I so tired? I haven't done anything. Whereas if I'm working and going to work five days a week, I'm not as tired as if I am just sitting my ass on the couch watching the Food Network and watching Chopped. I, the other day, I'm ashamed to admit this. This tells you how low I've gotten in quarantine. I binge Too Hot to Handle. That show on Netflix where all the hot people are stuck on the island and they can't hook up. And I've never felt worse about myself and also felt as (laughs) if I had run a half marathon. And I didn't exercise one ounce of energy or one ounce of mental brain power. But after I was done, I was like, wow, I can go to bed because I'm exhausted. That's funny because my wife, Maddie, has been trying to convince me to watch this show, right? And she has a point because I watched Love is Blind. I've watched trashy shows. And I actually, and she, her whole point is like, oh, well, you enjoyed Love is Blind. You can't say that you wouldn't enjoy this, too. You probably would. And she's right. But I just feel stupid watching it. I already did this with Love is Blind. Am I really going to do this with another stupid reality dating show? And the answer is I'm probably going to end up caving in. But we haven't caved in yet. This really has. Part of me wants to pull out all the stops and convince you to watch it because I really want to talk to you about it selfishly. But it is the worst eight hours of programming I've ever consumed in my entire life. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, we can say that Love Is Blind was terrible, but like in a good way, right? Is this just terrible, terrible, or is it terrible in the same way that Love Is Blind is terrible? So Love Is Blind was terrible, but in kind of a we could poke fun of it terrible way where we still liked it. This doesn't have a host. It has a narrator, which I hate. I hate the narrator. Um, It's a talking Alexa-type cone called Lana, which tells them what they can and can't do. So the whole thing just has a very low-budget, weird feel (laughs) to it. And... At least on Love is Blind, we had characters that we hated, but there were some that we were kind of endeared to a little bit. This show has no one endearing. They're all super hot, and they all know they're super hot. They're all addicted to sex, and even when they're, quote-unquote, growing and changing, you still hate them. You hate all of them. 
what are their jobs? Or are they all just social media influencers? They don't don't actually have jobs. We have no idea. We don't really know what their jobs are. We know one girl has three hundred thousand followers on Instagram because she talks about how much money she's making on Instagram. But other than that, we don't really know much about them. We just know that they're super hot, that they are serial daters and have casual sex all the time. Like one guy owns a boat and says he has sex every day on his boat. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's very weird. I didn't love it. And it made me question everything about myself that I sat down and watched eight hours of this. I know we're in a strange time, but it got me thinking. And you know what? I might need you to to ask your guys this question like we did last week. Oh, kind of the, yes. the group poll. Because... Text a friend. Yeah, text... You know, uh, what is that? Who wants to be a millionaire? Phone Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, yeah we, get our, we get the hotline out. Yeah, phone a friend, text a friend. Get the group text up because the whole premise of this show is that these people are so hot that it doesn't matter how annoying they are or how stupid they are or how bad of a person that they are, if they're just treating other people like crap and running through people and having casual sex all the time, that they have kind of an upper hand in life because of how hot they are. And Mm -hmm. while a lot of them are very, like, don't get me wrong, they're all hot. But some of them, it's very clear that it's body over face and definitely body over personality. And maybe I'm naive, but I kind of came from the standpoint of body and face are equal on the same level. You can have an okay body and an amazing face and you're really hot. Or you can have an amazing body and an okay face and you're hot. Does that make sense? Not to where it's... Amazing body, busted face, terrible personality, body overweighs everything else. I never really subscribed to that. But this show leads me to believe that body is the only thing that matters. And if that's the case, I feel like I really wasted a lot of my formative years when I should have just been doing sit-ups and squats this entire time. You know what's Okay, this is a great topic. And I will 100% text the group and get, because last time we got a consensus that... At least in the Northeast, because all my buddies are from, they don't all live now in the Northeast, but they are from the Northeast, that they would prefer blondes. I'm sorry, they would prefer brunettes over blondes, which, including myself, which I also had one of my friends tell me that that was the best take I've ever had in the history of me giving takes out. So that includes sports and non-sports things. So I wow. high praise for my friend there, which I think I actually kind of agree with after the I, I had never thought about that until I said it on the show, that in Northeast, blondes are just kind of the thing. Um, so yes, I'll text my group of friends, but this specific one you're talking about. Okay. So we're saying average face, great body versus great face, like pretty face, average body. Yes. But I wouldn't even say pretty face. Cause I feel like everyone would say pretty face, great body. So maybe just even say, how about we say meh body, amazing face or amazing face, meh body. See, I would always go for the great face mad body but i'm in the minority i know i'm in the minority of that See, at least for now that's my standpoint too because i mean your face yes you could have plastic surgery and turn into kylie jenner but to me yeah, but that's not better yeah that's not always better that is not always better and i just think to me it's all about smile if you have a great smile i'm gonna think you're hot i don't really care what your body looks like yes i know people are out there saying we know michelle you like a big boy we know body doesn't matter to you <laughs> we do it's well known <laughs> It's well known. But what do you know about Michelle? She's in the big dudes. That's all we know. But you know what's number crazy? one? I've never dated number one in the bio. A, a big dude. Never. So you don't actually know. Right. Is this like a weird fantasy thing that for you, like you've never actually experienced it? 
Well, I mean, I haven't dated that many guys because I've been locked up in relationships. But I always just, I like a guy that you can kind of nestle into, you know, that could pick you up and carry you to the car if need be <laughs> and could definitely kick someone's ass. Who might have played offensive tackle at, yeah. you know, a Big Ten school. Like, you know, we're just, we're, we're just spitballing it. Honestly, in my mind, I always imagined that I would marry someone that definitely played offensive line at Wisconsin. Just a huge yeah. Midwestern boy. But yeah, I've never like great dated personality, that. you know, oh, just like we're, maybe like grew up working on a farm somewhere, country strength, Midwest strength. And but like also definitely. can dress really well. He's the guy yeah. that when he shows up, everyone's like, oh, shit, Bobby's here. You know, it's going to be a good night. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's life the guy of the party guy. Yes. But also is like party, a teddy bear and super sweet. Uh, I think this is a weird thing you have never actually. That's odd because I growing up, I always had a type I had. I you know, Speaking of our previous conversation, I was always into brunettes. Um, now, that doesn't mean I didn't deviate from that, but I was pretty much—I pretty much had a very specific type. And I married someone who is uh, not really that type, and I'm kind of happy that I did do that, actually. So I never thought it would go that way. I never thought it would be that way. But uh, when I first met Maddie, Maddie has two tattoos on her arm. She's as unique as possible, amazing personality, obviously really attractive. But she didn't check off the traditional brunette girl like or whatever that I had in my mind. Yeah. And that's a good thing, I think, sometimes, that you shouldn't always stick to your type because then you're going to miss out on some of the best things. That's so sweet. You know what's crazy? Now that I know you and Maddie together, I can't imagine you with anyone yeah. that's not her or not like her. You know what I mean? I just picture you with someone like her who is just a, a real person and who has... I mean, Maddie's beautiful, but she also has an amazing personality. So it's funny to me that you would even think about someone physically because in my mind you are just such a no-nonsense guy that you pick personality <laughs> over everything but i actually genuinely don't know where my friends go, would go on this so let me do this so i'm going to text them i'm going to say what yeah. are the, I'm gonna put you on this and here's what we're going to do you're going to tell me hold on working there we go okay tell me exactly what the text is okay say hey guys again no context pull for the pod or maybe just pull for again, the pod no context pull for the pod. Okay, go what, ahead. What would you choose? Meh, meh face, amazing body, or meh body, amazing face? Or meh body, amazing face. I think they're going to lean towards me, but I think we are in the minority. If I've learned anything from Too Hot to Handle, body is all that matters. No, but I think body is all that matters for stupid Instagram influencers. Well, you know, everyone who's interested in, you know, the Kardashians or Kylie Jenner or whoever. Like, yeah, all right, body is everything. And not to say that they don't have pretty faces. It's just their body is clearly the main thing. I think most dudes. Now, again, is this a Northeast bias for me? I think in the Northeast, it would probably be the other way. I think a lot of people would lean towards what I'm saying. But I think nationwide, more, especially once you get out to the West Coast, I think it's more about body than it is face. I think so, too, because I have seen dudes that I know who are coast-centric, or I guess they live on the coast or are from the coast, and it's all coastal about... elites, if you will. Coastal elites, yes. And they're <laughs> all about body, if that makes I sense. Think, and it was kind of shocking yeah, to me. I think I think you're right. You're honest. Like, you can... If you've got just a smoking body, you, you know, whatever. Even if you had a little bit of work done, whatever. And your face is... There's makeup, whatever. You can do things. There's not much you could do if you're wearing a bikini, right? You don't have a, you either have a great body or you don't. There's a lot of things that women could do with their faces that, all right, yeah, you could throw a bunch of makeup on, like, who knows, like, whatever. I don't even know what the terms are, like, eyeshadow, whatever you want to do. Um, <laughs> nailed that, it, eyeshadow, nailed that'll, it. That'll, that'll, that'll fix that situation at least a little bit. 
there's not a lot you can do outside of just having ridiculous amounts of plastic surgery that can change um, that can change your body type. Now, but I'm also interested in the inverse of that as far as dudes, right? I think a lot of the guys, especially when I was in college, the ones that always cared the most about the way their body looked were the ones that who had the weirdest faces, who weren't necessarily like good looking dudes. Whereas I like, I'm, listen, I'm like a two mile horn here. I feel like I'm an okay looking guy, right? But I was never really that into like working out, being ripped and whatever. But I always felt like the guys that maybe weren't as attractive were more interested in being ripped and having six packs and having like, you know, and doing curls for the girls, you know, whatever they want to do. But I feel like that is also true for dudes. I'm still stuck on curls for the girls. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, you never heard of curls for the girls? No. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Come on, get the beach body ready. Let's go. Curls for the girls. Is it squats for thoughts? You've never heard of curls for the wow. Squats for thoughts. Yeah, I, I, the legs are in now, right? Like women love guys with good legs. I have the skinniest legs ever. I, look, I, I literally have chicken legs, so I probably wouldn't be super attractive on the market of looking at pods. But see, were, I, were, know, were legs out? Legs? Well, I think you say legs are in. I, I like, didn't know legs were out. I, I, I mean, like, I always love a guy with some good quads. Yeah, but that would be lower on the totem pole, wouldn't it? Pecs and triceps and biceps are way more attractive than legs. Now, you don't want some guy to be completely top-heavy where he's got, you know, two matchsticks for legs and he's ripped up top and massive. Obviously, there needs to be some proportion there. But I do feel like women are way more interested in the upper body than they are the lower body. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about this even though we know that I just like a thick man, period. Yeah, you don't like any of these. You just like a little bit of dough is what you're looking for. Now, you're talking country strength. So we're not talking about weak guys, but you're, you don't no. like a ripped dude. Quick aside, can we say it's my type if I've never dated anyone that looks like this? Yeah, totally. I think you could have a type and have not dated that. It is what it is. Sometimes you don't meet that person. Yeah, I don't know. I know a lot of guys that fit this type. I've just never dated them. <laughs> Which is weird. You've been, you've been crushing on a lot of people, but never actually took the step. <laughs> yeah, I guess. My friends always said, so my senior year of college, all of us wrote a letter estimating where all of us would end up, like what our lives would look like. And then we put it in a time capsule and we're going to open it. Actually, we were supposed to open it like last year, but we didn't do it. So we need to do that soon. I need to find my friend who has it and we'll get on this. But several of my friends said this, I'm paraphrasing, that they envision being at my wedding and I'm walking down the aisle and they're looking at my husband and they're like, wait, let's pick a guy, <laughs> pick a guy's name, pick any guy's name. John. They're like, wait, is John ripped or is he fat? I can't tell. <laughs> he's toeing the line. Yeah. Yeah, but here's Under the thing. that suit, and we know he's thick, double C, is it muscle or if I poke his arm, will my finger sink in? I don't know. But here's the thing, is that the guy that you're talking about isn't just some doughy dude that works at the gas station down the street. He's a former athlete. Yeah, you know, like totally. so when we say fat, okay, he's not just some guy who's never accomplished anything in life. When we say fat or larger or whatever, we're talking about the former offensive lineman. We're not talking about some random Joe Schmo who likes to eat Fritos and, you know, binge a Taco Bell. Right. Uh, that's why I always referred to it as attractive because he's not yeah. fat and he's not ripped. He's just attractive. Give me a, is there like a celebrity? I'm trying to think. Was Chris Pratt that before he got ripped? Yes. Great comp. Totally yeah. great comp. And then when he got super ripped, I didn't think he was as cute. Yep. You immediately were like, no, nah, it's got, you know, something about him. He's not hot anymore. Just, I don't know. I like more of like a normal guy. So I'm with you, except obviously with girls. Like I think the, I forget who said this to me. I always had a friend who was like, I'm into like eight plus ones, right? If you date a nine or a 10, there's all this stuff that comes with it. Everyone's looking at her. Like, you feel like you constantly have to battle for it. Whereas if you're dating a girl who's more a girl next door, cute, 
it's just a better look. Your life is better. Everyone's happier. Because if you're dating someone that's super hot, it's kind of a stressful life existence. You feel like you're always having to compete for something, especially if you're not as hot. It's this whole thing. So he always used to say, I'd rather date an eight plus one. Interesting. But is his eight predicated on body or face? It's a, it's a total package, total package, an eight overall. But what I'm saying is you're not going to have an eight face and an eight body. Because if you had an eight face and an eight body, you'd be considered a 10. What if you had a 10 face and a seven or six body or vice versa? The average It averages out to about an eight. That's what I'm getting at, though. So I wonder which one matters more. Okay, my friends are texting me back. Do we want to reveal this? Wow, there's a lot of text in here. Oh, my gosh, you got them all already? Yeah, let's do that because I want to talk about the Michael Jordan doc. So let's put a bow on Too Hot to Handle before we move on. All right. So first, one of my friends says, classic Steve, always trying to objectify women. First off, this is (laughs) Michelle's question. (laughs) All right, settle down. Amazing response. Um, Amazing response. (laughs) All right, he said, important question by meh. What are we talking about? Like 10 face, five body. Are we going with five? Everyone else says good question. What do you think, Steve? Fair? 10 face, five body or five face, 10 body? Do you think that's ah, a fair that's delineation? Such a big difference. I know. But that's my whole point is, I mean, a five What's face a five is not a... body look like? <sighs> now we're really getting... <laughs> we're going third rail right now. We're not, even supposed... we're not supposed to be doing this, Michelle. I know. I'm watching... about body positivity. I am about body positivity, which is why that show is crazy to me, because I'm like, all of these people suck, and yet they're considered so <laughs> hot because of their bodies. You know? All to right, me, so... hotness has to do with a smile and your personality and all this stuff. That's why I'm like, maybe I am looking at hotness through a different lens as everyone else, so I really wanted to do a deep dive on this. Okay. They pecked me a lot. I'm trying to weed it down to the most important part. Yep, do that. He's saying, one of my friends says, I'm not sure a girl exists that has a 10 face and a 5 body or vice versa. Well, I think the vice versa would would exist. Someone could definitely have a 10 body and a 5 face. I Can know a-, a lot of girls who have very pretty faces and don't have what you would consider to be a 10 body. Okay. And so they're, my friends are all acknowledging that that is rare, though. That they think that is very rare. So what do you want to say, 10 and 5? or is that, Or should we say... Six, no. I think six or seven. I think like ten and six or seven. Five, I mean, are we... five is average, though, if we're doing the one to ten scale. So it's hard to say. Now, but I, I could read between the lines here, though, with my friend. One says face. Two says face. That they would like go three for three of the four have said face. Have said face is... One of my friends says, nah, face has always been the most important to me anyway. Wow. And then another one says, I'm going to go face even though I'm not happy about it. I don't, know, I don't know why he's not happy about it. but <laughs> Even though he's not happy about it. Okay, th- so can we just go ahead and give a ruling here? General consensus, face matters more than body? General consensus of my friends and myself, which, again, I'm not surprised with. I think if you were to pull people outside of the Northeast, again, West Coast, maybe in the South, who knows? Florida, Florida for sure. Yeah. For sure. Both of us they're in go body- Florida. Yeah, they're going to go body over face, whereas I think in the Northeast, you, because here's the thing too, is like, body doesn't always. La- I mean, I guess face doesn't always last forever, but body definitely doesn't last forever. If you're dating a cute girl and she's got all the other qualities, and maybe she doesn't have a perfect ten body, but everything else is awesome about her, that's going to go way longer. Your relationship is going to go way longer with that person than you do if you're just dating someone because their body is hot. See, and this is why to me, I was always a personality girl because definitely that's going to endure the test of time. But again, just to clarify for everyone listening. We are talking about a TV show that strictly objectified people. And so it got me thinking, 
Because they, the name of the show is Too Hot to Handle. And the whole first <laughs> episode, they're talking about, yeah, my body's amazing. Guys love me. Women, you know, can't get their hands off me. And I'm looking at them. And yes, most of them are very attractive head to toe. But it's all about the body. It's all about the body. Yeah, that's We're a, a body positive show here. We're walking on eggshells here. Yeah, body positive. But that's why this was so upsetting to me because it was like I had been living in this world of body positivity being like, it doesn't matter. I have a great smile and a good personality and you're hot. That's what people care about. And then it was I knew that body mattered, but it was like the bubble was burst for me that really body is all that matters for a lot of people, which was crazy. It was just a new concept for me. This is, again, more of a sign, Michelle, back to back pods. You need to move back to the Northeast. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I think you know. would just fit in better here. Body positive, brunette. I mean, my God. What was I yeah, doing? Yeah, like the football offensive lineman thing isn't really like, it's not like a pipeline coming from the Northeast. I would say that's more probably South and Midwest, but you can still find some dudes with that build. Do you think that if I ever met a guy with that build, that it would be game over? That we would be booed up immediately? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... <sighs> I think you had the opportunity to one time. (laughs) Here's what I'm thinking, too. So Sunday night, I... So Saturday, I binge Too Hot to Handle. I hate myself, okay? I am in an emotional black hole. Just thinking, wow, you really just spent all that time watching this stupid, stupid show. And Sunday, I woke up, and I'm like, okay, today's a new day, and today is Jordan Day. Today is the last dance day. And so... It was a beautiful day in St. Louis. I worked out a little bit outside. I'm hanging out. I decide, what do you do for a big movie? You want to get a killer snack, right? So I was searching online and found that Doubletree had released the recipe for their cookies. And you know how good those Doubletree chocolate chip cookies are? Wait, I saw, oh my God. Okay, so I saw a couple people post that they were making the Doubletree cookies. I had no idea why. Those cookies are fucking awesome. The best chocolate chip cookies I've ever made. I can't even express how the dough was so fluffy. It was like a cloud. I couldn't get over it. Yeah, and the cookie to chocolate to nut ratio is perfect. You would not believe what one of the hidden ingredients is. What is it? Lemon juice and cinnamon. I would have got the cinnamon. Lemon juice? What what nut is in there? Is it pecans? Is it walnuts? walnuts? It's walnuts. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big walnut guy. Well, I'm a big pecan guy, too, I guess. But um, Wait, I said pecan. Is, you said pecan? Yeah, pecan, like pecan pie. Who is your dad's sister? Who is my dad's sister? Yeah, like, what would you call oh, her? Oh, my aunt. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is definitely, we're talking geography here, because I say aunt, <laughs> you say aunt. I say pecan, you say pecan. What do you put flowers in? A vase. Okay, I say vase too. Some people say vase. Okay, people that say vase are pretentious as fuck, and I don't want to be friends with you. If you say vase, vase isn't about where you're from. It's about whether or not you think you're smarter than somebody else. That's that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> you don't think the same thing is for aunt? I mean, come on, that's your aunt, bro. Like you don't need to go all aunt on me. It's not spelled aunt. It's spelled aunt. <laughs> if it was spelled ant, it would be spelled like an ant. A N T. That is so true, but to me, if you have an on, do you put your flowers in a vase? That is so now, Connecticut bougie to me. I'll say this. I have called pecan and pecan. I've definitely used both, but I predominantly use pecan. Because whenever someone says pecan pie, it's pecan pie. 
I just, it's pecan. You say pecan pie? Pecan pie. That sounds so weird to me. I, that sounds like a foreign language. If you said pecan pie, I would think you were doing it sarcastically. <laughs> pecan pie. That's what I would be like, I'm sorry, are you down in the bayou in Louisiana with your Repeat pecan that. pie? <laughs> that sounds so... Con- See, aunt sounds bougie northeast to me. Pecan pie sounds southern. Well, you know, I'm, I am from the Northeast, but I'm not bougie. So I, the odd thing to me, I, that's the one I feel the strongest about because it's literally spelled that way. But pecan, pecan, if I was to say, if I was talking specifically about the nut itself, I can slip up and say pecan. But the problem is whenever I'm going to say pecan pie, it's pecan pie. And I feel like if I say pecan pie, that sounds so stupid to me. So we're never going to agree on this. Aunt, you're completely wrong on it. It's aunt. Like, it just is. Or it's aunt, either way. Okay, I'm going to spell a word for you, and I need you to pronounce it. Last one. C-A-R-A-M-E-L. So, I don't actually know. I would say caramel. Caramel? Instead of... Caramel? Caramel. That, I've... Caramel. Ne- okay, so you took it a third option. I, I thought it was caramel or caramel, not caramel. 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 Like, yeah. <laughs> Steve. I would never say caramel. What are the other two? Caramel or now, caramel, not caramel. Caramel. I don't. I would never say caramel. There's too many. Again, you sound like you're trying too hard when you say that. So to me, it's just caramel. That's what it is. I don't know if you can make fun of me, but it's caramel. <laughs> but you say it like caramel, like M-O-L. Caramel. Not caramel. <laughs> caramel. Anyway. Now that we've done our, our diction here. <laughs> our deep dive into uh, linguistics. Yes. Yeah, so you're cir- home for linguistics, small talk. Small talk, you're home, you're, you're home for diction. <laughs> so circling back, though, to Doubletree, I make the Doubletree cookies, and I settle in to watch The Last Dance, and I thought, God, I would be such a good wife. You know, I just really would. <laughs> hey, My look, mom agrees. Especially to, oh, your mom agrees? She thinks I'd be a good oh, wife? Oh, yeah. My mom is always trying to set something. She's like, how is she still saying? I mean, literally, I'm like, first off, you don't want my mom to set you up with people because she'll, like, literally throw, I mean, she just throws darts at a dartboard and whatever happens, happens. She could talk to one person one day who's single, knows nothing about them, be like, you should talk to this person. You should date them. They seem nice. So, yeah, <laughs> like my mom is very teller. concerned. <laughs> my mom is very concerned about, yes, about why, about how you are still single. Uh, me too, because I was making, I made these amazing double tree cookies, and I was so excited to watch the Jordan. That doc. is wifey as fuck. That is, I was just like, I'm. Oh, and during this quarantine, I have organized everything. I've been making these gourmet meals. You know, I've been doing all these things. I'm essentially a housewife with no family. I am a wife with no husband. And I thought, especially yeah, you also get I, to reap the rewards of that, right? You, I mean, yes, you're doing it solo, but you are reaping the w- rewards of your amazing wife skills. You just happen to not be a wife. Yeah, so here's the only negative, and this is a true negative. I don't like leftovers. It's That's insane. a problem. I understand. It's something, it's when people always say, what is the weirdest thing about you? It's that I don't like leftovers. I like certain things like a cookie, right? You cook a cookie and it's hot, but then it gets cold. I can eat that. I can re-eat that. Wait, that you, would consider a, you would consider a cooled cookie a leftover? No, but hold on. Just, <laughs> no, I'm just trying to explain. So if you heat up a cookie and then it gets cool, I will still eat that. That doesn't bother me. But chicken, okay. if, if I make chicken, I don't want to re-eat it the next day. The thought of reheating chicken makes me want to throw up. Okay. First off, I love leftovers. I love leftovers because sometimes some things are better 
as leftovers too. Like I've made plenty of different things that have been like the next day you heat it up and you're like, this is better than the first time I had it. I don't know. I don't have a specific example off the top of my head. Maybe I'll try to think of one, but that is hundred percent exists. Chinese food sometimes is better the second time around. Ew, I would sometimes never. pizza Ugh. is better depending Ew. on the pizza. Ew. Sometimes the way that you prep it is better the second time around. Oh. I will say this. Oftentimes pasta is not better the second time Ugh. around. If you're going to, if you're going to do leftover pasta, you've got to just have the sauce and make the pasta fresh every time. But you can still have leftovers with that, right? But I'm Ugh. with you. Chicken, depending on how the chicken is prepared, like if it's a chicken breast, you cannot warm up chicken in the microwave. It just gets rubbery and it tastes terrible. But for the most part, rice dishes, I think, if you, you know, I don't know, who knows, fried rice, put that in the microwave. Oh, my God, it's amazing. And, and then think about it. You don't have to do the work of cooking, but you get to enjoy the meal. It's amazing. Few things are more offensive to me than leftover pasta. Yeah, it's not good. It's disgusting. I mean, just the, I'll eat it, the sauce, but it's not how great. it's stuck on the noodle, it's, oh my God, yeah, I want to throw up thinking about it. But, like it's like pasty, totally ugh. agree. But I've never had leftover pizza. I won't even look at it. The thought, what? The thought of taking out a cold slice of pizza out of the fridge no. literally makes me want to gag. I just can't Wait. do it. It's it's the weirdest well, thing it about up, me. Though. I but you don't understand the thought of taking off the tin foil and seeing cold pizza. I, like I'm gagging right now. It makes me want to How? vomit. I don't know. It's just something about something that was once hot getting cold sickens me. I don't know. It's so weird. So when I make things for myself, like I'll make a salad every day or something that I can prepare fresh because I like to eat fresh food. So that is a. If uh, you I, call me boozy. No, it's not even. It's it's the weirdest thing about me, and I hate it. I wish that I could eat leftovers. That does suck. It sucks. Like, it's a major inconvenience on your wife. It does suck. And so I love to cook. So I'll make these meals, and then I'll have to drop it off somewhere, like the rest of it, pawn it off because I won't eat it the next day. It sucks. I can't believe the pizza thing. Pizza, all you got to do is just leave it wrapped in the foil, put it in the oven at like 350, 10, 15 minutes, and it's basically brand new. Sometimes, I would, as I said, it's even improved, crispier. Sometimes the toppings are better, especially if it's just cheese pizza. It's freaking amazing. This is maybe one of the most shocking and startling things I've ever learned about you, and I don't even know. I order pizza, and I order a lot of food, things. If I'm I'm getting takeout... I have it in the back of my mind. I'm ordering enough so I could have leftovers every time. I wish you could see my face and how repulsed I am even discussing this. I feel the same way, but the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but see, this is another reason why I would make a really good wife because I'm not going to eat a lot. I have smaller portions, and then you get all the leftovers. It's all you. We're never going to fight over carnitas the next day. It's all you. Oh, my God. Leftover Mexican is the best, too. This is insane to me. But, yes, I mean, listen, that is a great... If your wife does not makes great meals and doesn't want to eat the leftovers, that is, uh, it doesn't matter about face, body, whatever. That might be the number one thing we could do. Right. Like, forget a good personality. Does she give you all <laughs> yeah. the leftovers? Which, again, yeah, is crazy that I'm not wifed up because you can have all of them. I know. I know. What's up? Ugh. Shoot her DMs. She's available, people. I mean, let's not encourage any more DMs. <laughs> I'm getting this one guy who, anytime I post a video on my Instagram story, he'll respond, why are you so hot? Oh, my God, why are you such a babe? Yeah, why you're so hot. Yeah, why are you so hot? Sometimes I just want to say whatever. But he then will follow up almost every night and just hit me in the DMs, you up, at like 11 p.m. As This is a stranger. This is a stranger. As if I was daily. Almost daily. He'll just be like, you up? And I'm thinking, you do not you up a stranger. Part of me respects the persistence of him 
Like, he's going to shoot his shot, and he's going to get turned down a bunch of times, but he's not afraid. He's essentially like the Kobe of your DMs. He doesn't care how many times he misses. He's going to get that make one time. It's going to be all worth it. So I kind of respect that, but then on the other hand, I'm sure it's kind of annoying for you to constantly ask, be asked why you're so hot, and then stuff, are you up? I'm going to screenshot this and send it to you. It's just, uh, what if a girl just DM'd you at 12.30 a.m., and your DMs just said, you up. Well, I mean, they would probably love, I mean, I'm you know, a happily married man. If I was single, Steve, or if there are other, my single friends or whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. If you were single. would love some random girl hopping in their DMs being like, what's up? To think, though, that you're sitting around in the middle of the night <laughs> thinking of me and you're DMing me, you up, is I, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't like it. It's scary to me. Have you looked at this guy's, like, what's this guy's deal? Have you looked at his, is this, this is on Instagram? I'm sending it to you. I want to know age. I, I want to know one like, screenshot so you could see. Did you get it? <laughs> Wait, I can't see his face. Hold on. No, no, I don't want you to look him up. That doesn't matter. But please just see. I want to look him up. But do you see the cadence of this? <laughs> like the messages to you up? How? Read why the- are you so sexy? That's a separate post. Then you posted a new thing. He comments. How are you so hot? No question marks. Interesting. And then the last one is just a you up. Now I could zoom in on his. Oh, okay. So I zoomed in on his picture. There's two guys in the picture, so it's hard to tell. But it doesn't they both matter. Kind of young. Steve, it could he could be a total ten. He could be no. a attractive guy. It doesn't. A guy that sits around and DMs a stranger. You would never. You, you would up. never entertain someone who hit never. you up. In the, never. It would never, never work. Never. If you're sitting around DMing a stranger in the middle of the night, you up after commenting on their stuff all day, I'm sorry, you're not all there. You're not all there mentally. That's that's how plenty of people have started dating, especially famous people like yourself. People, that's how they slide into each other's DMs. That's what, now this, I don't know. That is not sliding into the DMs. Sliding into the DMs is like, oh, you know, what's good or whatever. It's not you up. That is something you say to someone you know and are getting with at like 3 a.m. I think it's, listen, I'm not trying to defend this guy who's probably a little bit creepy uh, to say the least, but I'm just trying to like make the point that there are famous people, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head, but I know for a fact because they sat in front of us at a Celtics Magic game one time a couple years ago. You know Allie Raceman? Yeah. Okay, she dated Colton, right? The dude on The Bachelor. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He hit her up in her DMs, and they started dating for like a ye- for years. But he that's had a check mark, okay? He's a verified guy. Okay, so, you're in a, so there needs to be an elite DMs type thing like you need to you need a check mark to be able to slide into michelle's dms i get that i'm not saying that that like i understand that but no like, but this i'm guy's saying trying to shoot his shot i don't mean that as like an elitist thing i'm saying for her it's more of a safe zone because this is really who he says he is she yeah. can google him she knows who he is you know it's not like this person this could be a catfish account i have no idea who this is whereas if this person has a check mark it's more of like okay i can verify that you are who you are it's all or about it safety save it could be the attractive guy that you've always been looking for. Who knows? It works both ways, doesn't it? Well, then I will just continue to eat the cookies alone because I am <laughs> never. Can you imagine if I connected with you to do a pod and I was like, Steve, I met someone. And you were like, oh, my God. Yo, what's up? Like, how did you meet him? And I said, he consistently for weeks would hit me up in my DMs and just say, yeah, you up. And one day okay. I just said, yep, I am. And now we're dating. <laughs> I would definitely judge you really hard. See? Um, you would be like, but, this guy's going to kill you, for sure. But if I'm really just thinking this out loud, thought exercise here, what's the difference between that 
and being on a dating app, right? I mean, essentially, this person's just DMing you. After, I mean, I guess you have both consented to be DM'd, right? In that yes, situation. So I'm, I'm basically unraveling my argument as I say it out loud. So you both you both consent to being interested in each other, and then you can DM. Okay, that's fair. And if you're on a dating app and someone hits you up, normally you respond instead of someone just continuously responding to content that you yeah. put out there and then following up with a really familiar you up when you should not be saying you up. So have you, I know you would never do this, and I totally understand. I would love to have this guy on the pod. <laughs> Wait, you want to have this guy on the pod? I, wanna, I just have so many questions. I want to have – okay, I'll say this. Anybody – put this guy aside because something we want to do – is have more interesting people that we can ask questions to on the pod, right? Just things that we're curious in, or curious of, I should say. I'm curious of if you're the guy who just repeatedly fires DMs at famous people or semi-famous people, right? And you just repeatedly do it, and you don't think that's weird. I want to I wanna talk to you on Small Talk. I have so many questions for you. So hit us up in our DMs if you're that guy. <laughs> yeah. DM me. I don't mind. My DMs are open. Yeah, DM Steve. Don't DM me because I will definitely ignore you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. DM me and we'll figure this thing out. Because I actually think people would like that. I would have so many questions. Be like, okay, you do this repeatedly. Is this because you think this is actually going to work? Are you trying to be annoying? Do you realize you're being creepy? Do you actually think you have a chance here? Who told you that this was a good idea? Like, I just have so many questions because I've never done this. So I genuinely, this would be a genuine curiosity for me because I do not know why guys do that. I don't think that they think it's creepy. Therefore, I don't think they're going they to be willing do. to come on the podcast and have us be like, hey, why are you though. creepy? Anonymously. We wouldn't give your name, obviously. We'd just be like, hey, you're one of those guys. You don't. Have, we could even do a voice, whatever, distortion thing if you want, if you want to be super secretive, if you're worried at all. I just, I just have questions. I have a lot of questions. Do we have the technology for voice distortion? I don't know. Yeah, we we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to do that, but we could figure it out. But yeah, I mean, you could just be on here and we could not give your name. In that same vein, I am dying to interview a cheater. If you are out there and you have consistently cheated on your significant other, whether you're a male or a female, and you would be willing, I want to interview you. Because just like Too Hot to Handle, where I cannot understand how people could overlook terrible personalities because you have a banging body, the more that I watch shows or talk to people about infidelity, I have so many questions. I don't understand how people not only have the time in the day to cheat, but have the mental capacity to keep it going. I would slip up and say to my significant other, like, oh yeah, I was talking to Ricky the other day and he agreed. Or you know what I mean? I just feel like if you're living your genuine life, it would be so difficult to not slip up. How do you balance finding the time between your boo and your side piece? I can't understand it, and I would love to interview a cheater. I also, I think it's a great idea. I would love to talk to a cheater. I would have so many questions, the same thing. But I've never been a cheater. Um, I've known guys who do, who are serial cheaters, who don't give a fuck, who just kind of do whatever they want. And I don't really judge them. As a guy, I don't necessarily judge another guy, like, do whatever you want to do. You know, I could sit here and, and look down upon you and be like, that's kind of a shitty thing to do, but it is what it is. If you want to do it, that's your life. Feel free to fuck up your life all you want. It's free country. But I'm with you. The thing about it, and like I said, I've never even really been tempted to, because if you don't want to be with some, I guess if this whole thing is like, all right, you just want to be with a bunch of different girls, that's fine. You can do that without dating someone. And I also don't understand the biggest sort of hurdle for me was always, it's so much work 
especially when you're out of college or you grow up and you're in a professional setting, right? Because, and especially if you're living with the person, I've never understood how you could hide that or how the other person has to be completely oblivious. But the work and effort that goes in to cheating on someone, to being like, to going behind their back, to making up the excuses, it's always just sounded so exhausting to me that I'm like, I don't even want to go down that road because that's ridiculous. I don't have the energy to put into doing this. When people say to me, you should get on a dating app, I'm always like, no, because I don't care. I could not have the mental energy to engage in conversations with a stranger. I know that's stupid, and a lot of people find love on on the app. But for someone to hit me up and I'm like, hey, what are you doing during quarantine? How is your life? For them to be like, oh, I'm watching reruns of Cheers. Like, guess what? I don't care. I don't know you. We've never met. I don't care that you're watching Cheers. It's hard for me to— I disagree. It's, but that's just me. It's hard for me to have genuine engagement with a stranger that I don't care about. So for me, I, I would just it, lose interest in it to keep it up and find the time. It's just it's exhausting for me to think about being on a dating app. I don't know how people manage to be a spouse, a, you know, yeah. a work, a friend, have kids and also have a side piece. Where, where are you pulling the time and energy? Totally. And some of the questions I would have, too, is I would want to know close calls. I'd want to know, like, what are some of the excuses and lies that you've made up? Because I don't even know how do you just basically make up an excuse for why you're gone for like three hours or why you didn't come home one night. If I didn't just come home one night, I wouldn't have an excuse. I wouldn't have an excuse for that. What the hell? Because I'm sure these guys and maybe even girls, who knows? I'm sure there are plenty out there as well, have elaborate plans and go to strategies that they use. I would want to know all of that. I was watching Vanderpump Rules again. It's been really rough in the content department for me. I mean, <laughs> this season of Vanderpump Rules is trash. It's so bad, but I keep watching. I don't know. Are there some that aren't trash? You know, in the beginning, it was more entertaining. Now it's just, I don't know. I just can't get into it. I, I really can't. But I was watching it, and this couple is... <laughs> anyway. In, anyway, I mean, it, it's a rough time. No judgment here, okay? No judgment yeah, zone on my content choices. So... This couple is married, and they're going to Vegas to get remarried, and the wife goes to pull something out of the husband's suitcase, and she pulls out a bra, and she's like, that's not my bra. And he was like, yes, it is. And she's like, no, no it's not. <laughs> Pretty like, sure I know. This is not my bra. And he was like, well, you used the suitcase last. It's your bra. So then we find out later in the episode that actually a friend put it in there to play a prank on them. But in the moment, I'm thinking if he cheated on her and that's like, you know, the side piece's bra, how could you possibly get out of that scenario? But he just was like, it's not. It's got to be yours. And then they were like, okay, we're going to dinner, I guess. But that actually brings up a really good excuse, though, right? Because couldn't you just tell your buddy, hey, could you just say I put it in there as like a prank? That'd be funny. And then isn't that just an excuse for how it happened? Well, it was a girl that did, it was their it was Lisa Vanderpump. Their boss did it as a joke. Okay. Uh, so like the girl told the other girl, because even if the guy said it to me, if I'm the wife, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. And your buddy comes to me and is like, hey, I put the bra in Steve's suitcase. I'd be like, you did not. I know you're lying. <laughs> yeah. That's like that's something out of a Vince Vaughn movie that he would do. And like, a, I don't know, in some random, I don't know, old school or whatever, where he would try to make that try to make that swap work and it would obviously not work so i do feel like sometimes the people that are beaten i'm not trying to like accuse or you know put down people that have been cheated on but sometimes i do wonder 
how did you not know this was happening, right? How did you – there were so many signs. There were so many things that – where he's gone for a night or multiple nights a week or he's traveling, quote-unquote, or there, there always has to be red flags, right? I just feel like a lot of the people that are getting cheated on maybe a little bit too easily overlook those things. So that's another thing we could ask a cheater is, did you ever think that your spouse was on to you, and did you feel like you were ever you know, basically getting by with this stuff or that you were that close to being caught? I've been cheated on, and I was floored when I found out. Floored. Well, it, I think it hurt so badly well, because I was so shocked, and I and I was well, with this person all the time, and that's the thing is I was like, when did you have the time to execute yeah. this? How how could you have done this? I'm with you all the time, and when we're not with each other, we're texting or we're on the phone. I wouldn't have had the time to do this. How did you have the time to pull this off? You know what? That's a good point because I feel like I'm thinking more of like serial cheaters who like are with someone and go to the same person if it's like a one-off type situation i'm not i don't know what your situation is but if it's a one-off situation where like you don't go out one night and your significant other does and they end up hooking up with somebody or whatever that actually i guess is pretty easy to to do i'm not i'm you know, i guess it would be easy to get away with and you would never know yeah so you're probably right there i guess we should reframe this i don't want to talk to a cheater who goes out of town on a business trip and bangs a hooker that he meets in the lobby i'm not interested no, no, in yeah. that i want to talk about, about like the person at work per- like, like you, you have you start- an affair yeah. i want to talk to someone who's had an affair yes yes 100 percent. someone who it wasn't just a one-off situation yeah because if you're continuing an affair with someone knowing the risks that it could, you know, ruin your family, ruin your marriage, you most likely have feelings for that person. It's probably not. I'm sure a lot of it is the sneaking around and maybe you're getting something out of this that you're not getting in your relationship. But there's no way. Well, I guess there is a way. But to me, it seems very stupid that you would continue down this path if you don't even kind of like that person. Well, could you just be physically attracted to them and that's it, though? You would just be like, hey, I just, I've been with this person for a long time and I'm just kind of bored and I want to do something else and it doesn't have to. I mean, listen, you're right. Chances are a lot of people probably catch feelings. At least one of the person is probably going to catch feelings. Yeah, at least but one side of I think it a is. lot of people, especially who are married for a long time or have been dating for someone for a long time, they just kind of feel like they just need something different, right? And that's obviously shitty, but I think that has a lot to do with it. So I don't think there has to be necessarily like a emotional attraction is probably just a physical attraction so we're right back to too hot to handle it's all about the body <laughs> it's all about the body well no listen i she could have a good face too it could be both yeah you're right it could be. what about she has an amazing personality she really listens to you steve okay that's not what you're yeah see that's <laughs> that's not the person that you're cheating i don't think you're cheating with the personality girl maybe you are but i could be wrong but see that's why we need to interview someone because i would just yeah. die to know yes how and why and what the process is like so dm me dm steve uh, either or yeah, you can dm either me either at at Saruti on twitter and i don't even know what my instagram is i think it's just at steve Saruti. yeah it's at steve just dm me because michelle's Saruti. not gonna respond no i will not well actually i might hold on plus i think you would get mad at the guy at the cheat i'm assuming it's a guy so sorry You're at but, steve uh, underscore Saruti on instagram steve underscore Saruti. all right hit me up the answer open what's up both scenarios, whether you are a cheater or whether – what was – I forget what the one I was talking about. Oh, the guy that DMs people. If you're a guy that just is, a, is like a, a volume shooter DM or at famous people and actually thinks that that's a way that you can get start dating someone, I want to hear from you as well. And I wouldn't get mad at the cheater, male or female. I would appreciate their honesty. No, no. This is purely scientific. I just want to know. I have questions.
Yeah, it's just research, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I honestly feel like it would be therapeutic for me, too, as someone who's been cheated on, to kind of talk to someone and have them explain why. Because I feel like I didn't get a lot of answers out of that whole scenario. It was more just like, I don't know why I did it. And I was like, well, that doesn't really help me emotionally heal. But thanks <laughs> for that. So I think that it might be kind of therapeutic for me to hear someone explain why. But one thing I've noticed about cheaters and people that I know who have cheated, when I ask them questions like this, they don't really have a lot of answers. It seems like you just kind of throw, like, the rationale behind it. I think we want concrete rationale. We want you to explain it. And I don't know if there's a lot of explaining behind it. Well, I want the the routine, how you get it done. But as far as the why, I don't know if we're going to get the why. Well, I think the age has a lot to do with it. Too. If you're just some college kid and you just don't really care about the person you're dating and you're just like, I just want to you know, be a college kid, but also you know, date the person I'm dating, that's a different story than someone who has been married for however many years and then starts an affair with somebody else. You know what I mean? So I think they would do those things for different reasons. Because I do think the guy who is, say, married or has been dating someone for a long time and cheats, there is probably a way to explain that away. He's probably, he or she probably was either bored. They were clearly lacking something in the relationship what seems what it would seem to be as physical and they sought that out elsewhere i think it actually would be more easily explainable than you think yeah maybe you're right so should we really shift the parameters then we want you to be in a long-term relationship and or married right yeah not some random college kid or fresh out of college who has been dating someone for like six months and then cheats. with all due respect we don't want to hear from you we want to hear from someone who like genuinely was in love with someone and then cheated on that person yes and we will conceal your identity. Yeah. And thank space. you for your time. We will not, we are not judging you. This is a safe space. This is the trust tree. This yeah, is the trust, trust tree. tree. For real. And I'm, de- I'm dead ass. Even for the, for the no, serial DMer. I know I said that was creepy, but I won't call you creepy. I just want to know yeah. why. We just have questions. This will be the small talk cheating episode and the small talk DMing episode. <laughs> oh, my God. We should do that where the entire episode <laughs> is strictly about DMs. I can read my – remember that time at ESPN that Rosillo had me print out the weirdest DMs that I got that day, and then he read them on the air and we got in trouble? Yeah, then the boss was like, hey, this is kind of weird. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. It is a little bit weird. Well, they but were, it was actually kind of funny. You guys were dying laughing at some of the things people said to me, and mid-segment the phone rings in the studio, and they're like – no, stop it. Right yeah, we now. should probably stop asking people <laughs> reading DMs on the air. And I was like, why? Oh, you know, totally unaware. They're like, you're inviting weirdos. You're going to get a million more of these now because people are going to want to be on TV. And I was like, yeah, okay. Great point. Great point. Excellent. Did you? I mean, you probably oh, did. That's a good point. Totally. Because then yeah. everybody thought, oh, yeah, if I DM Michelle, something super creepy, Rosillo's going to read it on the air. Little yeah, you know what? Right it now. is funny. I think dudes genuinely do not understand the and again i'm not even saying that i understand it i understand that i don't understand it do not understand what women go through famous even i mean i don't have to be famous but famous women go through day to day of the dm thing because like it's just it's just always going to be more creepy when a guy dms someone out of nowhere than when a girl dms a guy out of nowhere and just is i would venture to say that the intentions are not always you know they're not always great. So I fully understand and accept that I have no idea how bad it is for women when it comes to just dudes just firing through their DMs. And even not even DMs, just on Twitter, I'm sure, like, just adding people, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, adding people, people sending you packages, people in the DMs. It's, yeah, to your point, the intention probably is just, hey, 
I listen to you. I think we have something in common. I'm shooting my shot. But I don't think that people understand that for women, I mean, for guys, too, it might be kind of a scary thing. But you're a stranger, you know, (laughs) and I don't know you. So I don't have that same connection to you as you have to me because you're listening to us talk. So you know all these things about us. So to us, it's kind of a scary thing. I think about that all the time because I really, I mean, we laugh about it, but I really don't get it that badly. I cannot imagine because I'm not, I'm not famous. I mean, we have this podcast and whatnot, but I cannot imagine what some of these girls get. The, you know, like, let's just like the Diana Rossini's of the world, like someone who is on the air, who's a beautiful girl, who's in the NFL space. I can't imagine what people say to her on a daily basis. Oh, it's probably absurd. And again, it's all just because people can be anonymous online, right? And that's just the way it is. If someone doesn't like something that I do, it's like, all right, yeah, it's rude. Your segment sucks. Or, you know, hey, you're not funny. Or you're not as smart as you think you are. Like all the shit, whatever. It's what it is. And that's fine. It sucks because criticism sucks for anyone. But for... When it's a girl, it's always more than just what the actual, what your take was or what your segment was or whatever. It, it, it takes on this whole life of its own thing. And then that's the bad part. And then there's the, the weird admirer part of guys that just, like, again, think that they're going to think that because they slide into the, the 100th DM that you get is the one that she's going to respond to and actually hit you up on. I don't understand. Like, I would never be like, hey, I'm going to fire them off at this famous person that I think is attractive and I think I have a chance with. Because here's the thing. I think a lot of people, because remember Tyler Harrow and like all these different guys who I think they were NBA players, NFL players. I'm sure they all do it. Because all these blog websites glorify it whenever somebody quote-unquote shoots their shot on Twitter with some Instagram model, right? But you're right. It is one thing when there's when it's two well-known people, two famous people. You know who this person is. You can background check them. It's not some random person that you think has absolutely no uh, repercussions for doing anything that they do. So right. I don't know if it's society or whatever. I don't want to be one of those guys like, oh, society is pressing people. Society, I, it almost pushes dudes to do that because they see famous athletes doing it, right? And they're like, oh, I want to do that too, even though like, you're a nobody. You're sorry. Like, it's not going to work out for you. And then obviously some of them have way worse intentions than that. Some people just are bad people, and that's the way that they're going to do it. And they're going to berate you, whether it's you know adding you or DMing you. But there's no doubt in my mind, and for anyone that has any doubt whatsoever, that women get it a million times worse than dudes do on social media. I have two questions for you. One, I want to know the most insane DM that you've gotten from a female. And number two, who <laughs> do you think in the sports media world gets the most DMs from women? I don't think I've ever... I mean, I've definitely gotten DMs from from women, but none of them were creepy. They were just like, hey, I'm a fan of the show or a fan of this or whatever. I don't think there was anything really behind it. So for- Was it like a what's up, Steve? No, no, it wasn't. Maybe because you know me, I'm very oblivious to this, um, and my wife will definitely attest to that. Like I'm just oblivious to most of those things. So maybe, but I never had it come off as that way. And granted, this is probably like a handful of times. We're not talking about very many times at all, but... It would just be like, hey, you know, what's up? I think this is good or whatever. Love you on the show. This is and that. And I just wouldn't really go anywhere because I wouldn't really carry the conversation on. But nothing that I would deem creepy or weird. But again, it's because it's, it's just less threatening when it comes from a girl than it does from a guy. I'm surprised. And then, what was I'm, your second question? I'm surprised that you didn't get more DMs because you were on TV all the time and you were the guy with the man butt. I'm surprised you weren't getting yeah. fired on by girls all the time. You know what's actually funny? I would venture to guess that it was more older women, middle-aged, like late 30s, early 40s women, than it was younger women, for sure. No. And I, I actually believe that that's the case for most. Like, I think most guys, there aren't a lot of, I don't know, I don't want to stereotype here, but I do think, especially, I don't know, in the sports media thing, I think there are a lot of older women that watch 
these shows, because listen, Ryan's show or whatever show that we work on, they trend, they tend to be a little what, like 18 to 25, 18 to 35 males, right? The oh, yeah. 18 to 35 female bracket's not really watching that show. But I do think older women do watch sports shows, especially maybe with their husbands or whatever. They are way more likely to DM the people that are on camera than I think maybe younger women are. I am dying that you were hit in with the mom crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Again, I don't want to pinpoint its place, but a lot of them were SEC country type people. No, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, you know, 40s moms in the South, for sure, definitely. And, again, I don't even – it's not even like it's it's innocent. It's not like there's nothing um, – there's nothing weird about it or skig. I, you, you just kind of like write it off and it's funny or whatever. But again, this is only like a handful of times. I can't say this is like a big volume thing. So I feel like I'm kind of stereotyping and generalizing, but that is just what I've seen in mine. And I would venture to guess that that is actually what more people see, at least far as, as far as dudes. So the second question was, who's a guy that you think we know who's in sports media that catches a lot of ladies in the DMs? It would have to be someone who is high exposure and who's a good-looking dude. So who is that? And um, seems approachable, because I think that's a big thing. That's why I'm surprised that you weren't catching more DMs, because you were kind of the young, affable producer. So I feel like a lot of people uh, were like, oh, Saruti. I mean, this was before you were married, obviously, but like, oh, Saruti, uh, I got to hit him in the DMs. I think it would be more someone who's wearing a suit and tie on TV, someone okay. who looks more official. I don't know. That would be my guess. But again, I don't know. Like, are people hitting up sports center anchors? I don't know. Definitely female, <laughs> female Scott, sports center anchors. Our boy Randy Scott. Randy, well, Randy Scott married. I mean, well-known married man. I don't know if Randy Scott is getting a ton of DMs. Shout out to Randy. Um, Shout out Randy. Friends, we love Randy know. Scott. I, I don't know if Randy's getting a ton of DMs. Like, Matt Barry? I Matt is a good-looking dude, right? But see, that's interesting, um, Also though. happily married. But yeah, I'm wondering if being happily married and public about being happily married is a deterrent, though, for those like sliding no, in the DMs. probably not. Right. Probably not. That's a good call. If, if, if anything, that's just a fly in your face. You just want that right away. Right. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, because with nobody on radio, right? Who on radio? Maybe Cowherd? I don't know. Would Cowherd get stuff like that? Ryan, for sure. Yeah, definitely Ryan. I wonder if DK got a lot of DMs. You know, quarterback. Probably. Danny Cannell. Well, he's so we, he's we, so we nice. Did know that Mia funny. Khalifa was really excited to talk to Ryan. Who was? Mia Khalifa. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wait, were you not on the? Wait, were you? Yeah, but you I had to be on the show then. I was the producer, and I remember when she came on. I didn't even know who she was. I just remember. Oh yeah. Them being like, "We're having her on the show," and I was like, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> When Ryan would say we're having someone on the show, I wouldn't even ask who it was. I would just be like, okay. He yeah. rarely did that. So if he did it, yeah, it's your show. You're going to go for it. So when they were like, yeah, we're going to have her on the show, I was like, whatever. I didn't even know who she was. Yeah, she didn't like – I don't think she was firing into Danny's DMs. We just found out that she was a big Danny Cannell Florida State person. Oh, she that's liked, right. I remember? forgot. Yeah. I thought you said she was excited to talk to Ryan. No, she was excited to talk to Cannell. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, mis- it was, I misunderstood you. It was totally you. a Cannell thing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I do. I totally remember that. Well, obviously, then once we had her on the show, I figured out who she was. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, she I was think. loving Danny Cannell. She was a big Danny Cannell person, but again, not a DM situation. But I would imagine Danny. Yeah, Danny for sure. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think anybody else. With all due respect, I don't think anybody's hitting up Gold and Wingo. Uh, maybe Gold Junior. Probably oh, Gold Junior. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Our buddy Gold Junior. Yeah, I think because Keith. I mean, he's like you know pretty. I think he's saying, I don't know, I think Gold Junior's single. I don't know. But anyway, like, you know, obviously, ex athlete, Notre Dame, great family, good job, public. Shit, I would hit up Gold Junior. Yeah, you're like actually 
Confession, I am a glitch in your stamps. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what about Will Kane? We need to have Will oh. on the pod anyway. I bet women are all in the Will Kane DMs. Okay, great call. We definitely need to have Will on the show. I would venture to guess that Will gets a lot of older women as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Will's like, talk about a suit on TV. Will's like the charming, smart. Classically good-looking Yeah, classically good-looking. Southern guy, the Texas guy that lives in New York, though. You know, he's got both sides. I bet women are all in Will Kane's DMs. He wears a lot of denim cowboy boots. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But also a suit every day. (laughs) Yeah, but also in a suit. Yeah, he wears like a Chambray suit. (laughs) A Texas suit. So he's business, but also, you know, still... You know, stays, stays true to his roots of the South. I would venture to guess that Will gets a lot of cougar love. We have Okay, so maybe next week we have Will on the pod. Opening question, how many women per day do you get in your DMs? <laughs> I, I, I hope you would answer, and I think it would be a lot. That's a great call. Will is probably the number one answer. Yeah, I mean, I really can't think of anyone else, at least all on the, ESPN, that would get more yeah. DMs than Will. All those conservative women in the South just watching TV, staying at home. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Jesus. Does it make you feel weird that half of the women from SEC country that DM'd you were also in Will's DMs? Probably, yes. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that there was. Listen, if I had a total of six, I'm sure there was some crossover there for sure. I mean, he is, his volume is a little bit higher than mine, but yeah. Do you think just there copy lot, and paste? Like, I'm telling you, there are a lot of women, middle-aged women, that watch ESPN shows in the day. There just are. There, no, I know. I would say it's amazing, and like they're loyal fans. It's awesome. It surprised me when I first sort of knew that because you just immediately think of, oh, this is like male-dominated thing, younger male-dominated thing. But it actually is older women that actually, I would say, if you're talking, would you say that there are more older women than younger women that watch sports talk? Probably. Mm. I know that there's a lot of women across many ages that watch, but see, that's always a difficult question for me to answer. Because even here locally, I have women of all ages that come up to me that listen to the But I think that the older women are more vocal about listening. Yeah, okay. And they'd be more likely to DM you. Yeah, at least in my case. But I know there's a lot of younger women that consume sports talk radio. I mean, I hear from them all the time. But I think maybe the older women, especially that time slot that we had, one to four, that were at home at that time, uh, or that could potentially be home at that time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's Listen, a good question. Maybe if I had a public Facebook page, my DMs would probably be popping. Oh, Get it? yeah. <laughs> my DMs. Because oh, yeah. I, think, I think that's where that demo mostly hangs out. Yeah. Probably a little bit less Twitter, a little bit less Instagram, way more Facebook. I yeah. did not have a public Facebook page. I don't know if Will does. I think actually Will does have a public Facebook page. So I imagine he gets a ton of shit. From older women is uh, on his public Facebook page. Older women just do not care. I swear, especially on the internet, it's still sort of like a new thing to them. It's like a new medium to them, right? <laughs> and it's not just women, I guess, because they're older dudes that it's just like, how do you post this on Facebook? But I am always amazed at the amount of shit and the amount of whether it's fake news or just personality tests. Why do always older people fall into those traps? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because the, yeah, they're it's newer to them. For us, we kind of grew up in this, so we know what to avoid and what not to do. At least some of us do. It's just generational. Let's circle back to the Jordan doc. We got episodes one and two of The Last Dance. I watched it while consuming an unhealthy amount of Double Tree cookies that I made. But, I mean, there's a lot to get into there, so I'll just kick it to you, Steve. What was your biggest takeaway from episodes one and two of The Last Dance? I thought that Jerry Krause slander... 
And some of it, rightfully so. So I guess I shouldn't say slander, but clearly there was like an anti-dairy crowd. He was the one to blame for all the things that went wrong, especially at the end. And I think that's true, but it just felt a little bit uncomfortable to me that they were consistently bashing this guy who's, you know, I think he died a couple of years ago. He's dead. And, you know, they were showing Jordan basically making fun of his height and his weight and all these different things. And maybe that's why Jordan said, because before the doc came out, he was like, oh, I think, you know, people are going to think that I'm a dick after watching this thing. And I thought it would be more like on the court talking trash to people and teammates or whatever. I didn't think it would be like making fat jokes at Jerry Krause. Right. Listen, Jerry Krause, the end of that Bulls thing was one of the most unforgivable things that I think in, in the history of sports. It's terrible. Why would you blow up this team that had won three straight titles that everybody wanted to come back? They didn't want to. And you wanted to blow up, blow it up because of your ego. Obviously, that's ridiculous. But then they sort of overlooked all of the things that he did that were positive for the organization. Like, they don't win six titles without Jerry Krause. They don't win six titles without him basically trading up and, and getting Scottie Pippen, mm-hmm. trading um, trading Horace Grant for, for Cartwright, for bringing in Dennis Rodman. He made all of those moves. So when he said the whole thing about, oh, players don't win championships organiz- alone, organizations win championships, which, by the way, in the doc they said – he was misquoted, and everyone acknowledged that he was misquoted and still was bashing him for that quote. He was right. Organizations do win championships. So I understand the end was obviously ridiculous, and in a perfect world, I would have loved and it would have been awesome to be able to hear Jerry Krause's rebuttal because everyone else you know, like in the present day was able to basically look back on that and shit all over the way that he sort of ran the organization. It would have been great to hear from him. We obviously couldn't, but I was a little bit uncomfortable with just the amount of vitriol and, and shaming that people were, t- were were kind of throwing his way because I just kind of felt like they forgot how big of a part he was in building this team. It wasn't just Jordan. Yeah, if we're doing a pie chart of how important guys were, sure, Jordan was probably 80% of the reason the Bulls won titles, but they don't win six titles without Jerry Krause. So I kind of felt a little, a little bit uncomfortable about that. The rest of the thing I thought was great. I mean, I, I saw a tweet, too, that said we didn't really – see anything that we hadn't known already which i think is true but there's also eight episodes left so let's like wait and see but i think it's obviously set the table for it to be uh to be pretty awesome for the next couple of weeks yeah um okay so i want to comment on the jerry cross thing i was very emotionally torn watching those episodes as it pertains to jerry cross because yeah there was a part of me that looked at him and thought how fragile is your ego that you cannot Take a step back, look at your situation and say, I have the greatest player to ever play the game in my organization who wants to come back and one of the greatest coaches of all time. And yes, I put all these other pieces into motion, but I'm going to retain this because their success is my success. That's one thing I never understand about front office guys and head coaches, how they can't understand that managing egos the professional athlete ego which is an insane beast how they can't understand that tempering and managing those egos is part of their job i will never get that yes some things off the court are too big for you to continue on with this person having a uh, a beef over who gets the credit for winning should not be one of them to me to use your word was unforgivable and for him to be jealous of the players is one thing. For him to be jealous of Phil is so stupid. That, well, to me, was the dumbest part of it all. Yeah, and I think Phil it sort of shows how great Phil was at all the things that you say that Jerry wasn't good at. Phil yes. was the Zen master, right? He was incredible at managing egos, and Jerry was the one ego that couldn't handle it. And the one ego that couldn't be managed. But then yep. on, on the flip side of that, 
I'm looking at Jerry Krause, who, yeah, did do a lot to contribute to this success, to this team's success. And the way, and I know that trading a player or breaking up something that you are incredibly invested in emotionally, financially, like if you're an athlete, all you really care about, or for most of the athletes, is winning at the end of the day. And when you're in the middle of the eye of a dynasty and and there's just one person that's threatening to break it up, yeah, I would take that personally too. That would be a threat on everything that I've worked for and that I feel like I've earned. So yeah, I, I would take that personally. But the way that they approached it, how cutting and cruel they were to him was also unforgivable in my eyes. You know, yeah. not just Jordan Pippen, the way that they went at him and talked about how he looked and about his body and all of this stuff. I'm like, if you want to keep this together, you attacking him and pushing him like this isn't the way to go about it either. I totally agree. And I think the Pippen contract thing, that's not Jerry Krause's fault. Now, no. you can say that it, it was Jerry Krause's fault for not giving him a new contract at the end and all the trade speculation, which, by the way, it, it wasn't a ridiculous thing to potentially float Scottie Pippen on the trade market and see what you can get. There were rumors that a trade for Scottie Pippen almost went down with the Bulls got a trade for McGrady back. So that could have worked well for them. It could have extended their dynasty. Now, I know Jordan said that he never wanted to play for anyone, uh, you know, play without uh, Pippen, I should say, and he never wanted to play for anybody but Phil Jackson. But I don't know. You never know. Like, money talks. I'm sure he would have came back. It wouldn't, he would, I don't know. Maybe you call his bluff and say, hey, we're rebuilding. We think we can sort of extend this window a little bit more. Although Scotty was still a top whatever player at the time. But, um, the whole Scotty Pippen thing of everyone boo-hoo Scotty Pippen so he was so underpaid for those many years well the owner of the freaking team literally told him don't sign this contract so how am I supposed to feel bad for Scotty Pippen when he was being told don't sign this deal and I understand why he signed it because he came from a very poor upbringing and wanted to basically get financial success I totally understand that but I feel like we can't boo-hoo this whole thing when he clearly chose that path to financial security early and it bit him in the ass in, later in his career. And by the way, he still made $109 million in his NBA career. So you're not going to see me crying over Scottie Pippen not getting paid in that situation because it was under his control. He was the one that signed that contract. And how does Jerry Reinsdorf kind of skate off in the middle of all of this? I'm, I totally agree. I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, where is the owner? Why isn't the owner being held more accountable to renegotiate Scotty's deal? How is it he says... If you sign this, I don't want to hear from you again for nine years or what was that, the length of the contract, nine years, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he said— uh, Seven years, seven years. Seven years. So he says, yeah. if you sign this, which I don't think you should, I don't want to hear from you for seven years. Okay, well, yes, that was Scotty's decision, but also you're the owner of the team. You're the one controlling the checkbook. You're the one calling the shots. So if you have this threat and this ego and Jerry Krause that's going to break up your dynasty, guess what? You can remove that real quick. If you have a superstar who's unhappy with the amount of money that he's making, guess what? You write the checks. You can figure it out. I just, I didn't understand how all the vitriol went to Jerry Krause and none of it to Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah, I totally agree. And what I'll say too is why did he choose the GM over the star player? In what situation? Would you ever choose? Now, granted, there are there are situations where GMs are there's great GMs and great players, but when you have the caliber of a player of Michael Jordan and he doesn't want to leave, he want he keeps publicly saying, "I want to let's bring this thing back until we lose it." Why is the owner giving Jerry Krause, the GM, the ultimate power and say to end this dynasty? Why would Jerry Reinsdorf be like, "Hey, man, 
this is wrong. We're going to milk this thing for all it's worth. I don't understand why Jerry Reinsdorf would just say, Jerry Krause, this is, you're the main guy here. You're the guy that I am letting make this decision, not Michael freaking Jordan, the greatest player in the history of basketball. I will never understand that. And you're totally right about Reinsdorf. And, you know, it sucks because who knows? Do they win that next season? I don't know. I mean, one of the things that I think they did a good job in the documentary of sort of, sort of showcasing is how hard it is for teams that stay together consistently to be dynasties and win championships. Because if, after you've won one or two, we saw this with the Warriors, the hunger isn't there necessarily as much. And the egos get involved and then contracts get involved. They did a good job of sort of portraying how hard that is for teams to build. Whereas I think I always used to give LeBron credit for saying, oh, LeBron won, you know, he went to Miami and won, then he went back to Cleveland and won, and then if he wins one of the Lakers, oh my God, he's won a championship with three different organizations. How hard is it to sort of acclimate yourself and your teammates together to win a championship in three different cities? But I think they did a good job of sort of changing my mind and saying, no, I think it's actually harder to do what the Bulls and the Warriors did, which is stay together with the same group. Even if that group is great, they've got the Warriors because the Warriors were incredibly unfair and they were so much better than everybody else that didn't really matter. But that Bulls team, I mean, there were teams that pushed those Bulls teams, the Jazz, obviously, the Suns, whoever, the my magic in the Eastern Conference early in the, in the dynasty. But I almost switched my train of thought, I think it's probably it was probably harder to win multiple championships with the same guys with all of the egos involved than it would be to win a one-off championship somewhere else. Not only the egos, but yeah, contracts come up, you you have injuries. I mean, ha, as they reference in the doc, you don't have Scottie Pippen at the beginning of the season, things like that. Whatever the team looks like and feels like the season before, undoubtedly it's different the next year. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, Michael Jordan playing golf with Danny Ainge before game, what, two of the of the first round of the Eastern yes. Conference playoffs is hilarious. I couldn't um, believe, I was shocked because he's such a competitor. I couldn't believe yeah. that he would do that. But he's more competitive in that he wanted to take his money, right? He, yeah. like, he loved to gamble, um, especially in golf. He loved to, I mean, he loved to, to gamble and like take, although I think he probably lost more money. But it, that was amazing to me that it was those two guys the day before they're playing in a, in a first round series. The other thing is, that whole first round series where he scores what was it forty nine and then sixty three yeah in the first two games of the series I'm interested I saw because I saw Kendrick Perkins my boy I love Kendrick Perkins I mean we disagree on a lot of things but he's a great dude and he was tweeting out something to the effect of like why are we giving Jordan so much credit for you know scoring these points in losses in the first round of a playoff series when if LeBron did that and I don't want to turn this into a LeBron versus Jordan thing but I'm kind of going to do it right now because I do think <laughs> this is interesting but he was like if LeBron did that. All we would say is, oh, LeBron lost, LeBron lost. It doesn't matter how many points he scored, he couldn't get it done. And I actually didn't really know which side I stood on that. We would give LeBron, especially early in his career, because you have to understand that was, what, 1986? That was his third year in the uh, second year in the league. So in LeBron's second year in the league, if he scored 30, I'm actually talking myself into what I think is the right side of the argument. If LeBron in his second year, which was on a bad Cavs team, if he had scored 63 points against one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA, which was the 86 Celtics, we would have been praising LeBron. We would have 100% been praising LeBron. I know everybody wants to make it into this LeBron versus uh, Jordan thing, and it is what it is because that's always what it's going to be boiled down to. But I do think LeBron would have gotten the same praise that Jordan got for scoring those points even in the loss. The other thing, too, is that you could point out that what is one of the greatest things that we put in LeBron's cap is a loss, right? It's that he got the 07 Cavs to the finals. He beat the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals and then got swept by the Spurs in the Finals. That's one of the things that we sit, and I'm, me as a LeBron defender, I'm a LeBron guy. I, I don't want to weigh in on the LeBron Jordan aspect of this, but I am, I am a big LeBron fan and I defend LeBron a lot because I think he gets a lot of shit that's undeserved. 
but one of the feathers in his caps is look at LeBron. He took this sorry-ass Cavs team in 2007 whose second-best player was Larry Hughes. Shout-out to St. Louis, right? Shout-out St. Louis. He took that team to the finals and beat the Pistons on the way there, scoring, I think, with 26 straight points in the process. And he ends up losing in the finals and getting swept. And we held, and we look at that and go, oh, my God, LeBron is so great. So this idea that we can't praise Michael Jordan for scoring 63 in a sweep, I think, is a little bit off base. Two more things quickly. How amazing was the soundtrack? Oh, I mean, paid in full. I mean, again, I could listen to, like, a bunch of white dudes in the park, you know, to paid in full, just shooting hoops, bricking things up. That song went so perfectly. And the way that they sort of basically, like, climaxed with the um, – with the free throw he made to send the game into overtime. The editing on that was so unbelievably well done. So but, good. Yeah, you're right. The entire soundtrack was great. We're going to talk about the director and all the different people involved in this. Whoever edited it, A-plus content. You are amazing. Yeah. You're the Michael Jordan of your job. To put together those highlights to that soundtrack was unbelievable. I was interested, too, to how they were going to tell the story. And I, I liked how they went from... They went from 97 and they went all the way back to, you know, him in North Carolina. And they sort of are working their way from both sides of the timetable. And I like the way that they did that. I think it worked out really well. Also, hearing that Bulls intro, you know, uh, that music. Cyrus. Oh, my God. So good. That took me back to being a kid so fast just to hear that because I can't tell you how many times you heard that at, at you know, in the backyard or whatever. Just people uh, playing that pretending to be Michael Jordan. Man, that took me back. I think Diana Rossini, speaking of Diana, Shout out Diana had a tweet that was really great. It's like, this documentary made me want to feel like young again. Like, it put me in that spot, yeah. me being a kid in the 90s with all the, the style and the music. And you're right, that song, I mean, for me playing Little League, that was the song that they used to play during our Little League, uh, like intros or whatever, like for every game. That was the sports cool intro song of the 90s. And it was so nostalgic. I mean, that was, of everything that I heard, I think that was the most nostalgia I had. Final thing for me. I cannot wait for episode three because I love Dennis Rodman. When they were going through, well, not you know, whatever. I just think the Dennis Rodman episode is going to be amazing. When they were going through all the intros of the people and it went to Dennis Rodman and he went, Dennis Rodman, what up? <laughs> he's a, I mean, obviously I'm not saying anything you don't, people don't know. He's a weird dude. I don't know if I'm going to like him more or like him less than I do now because now he's hanging out with Kim Jong-un and North Korea. Yeah, shit. yeah, like, that's, why I, had, like that's why I had to check myself when I said I love Dennis yeah. Rodman. Let's roll it back. I just love yeah. that you had Michael Jordan, the international superstar. You had Scottie Pippen, the quiet, kind of unassuming superstar number two. And then yeah. you had the most eclectic person you you may have seen in the NBA in, what, the past 20, 30 years? Steve, is that fair yeah, to say? I mean, cross-dressing, dating Carmen Electra, wearing wedding dresses. Yeah. Like He's got every different color hair. You know, known to man, the I mean, guy was. Uh, yeah, was that? I'm interested to see if I like him more or less after this, though. I don't know because you know me. Like I have, you know, I'm very judgy. It is what it is. And I do like Dennis, but I feel like I don't know as much as I might know in the, in the future episodes about him. And I wonder which way it'll sway. I bet you'll dislike him more. You think so? Yeah, I think we both I don't know. will. Like, like it could definitely go one of two ways. I do sort of feel like it'll go the me being annoyed by him way because. Although, you know, the one thing I respect about him is for all the shit that he would do off the court, that dude did not mess around on the court. None of that stuff really, I mean, I know he was a little bit of a hothead, but the guy was, what, the leading rebounder in the NBA for like three, four, five straight seasons. And, you know, without him, they don't win those championships. So I'm also interested to hear what Jordan has to say about him, because I don't know a lot about what we heard him say that, you know, you don't speak Michael Jordan's name without Scottie Pippen, basically, which is unbelievable praise from Michael. 
I'm interested to hear what Michael has to say about Rodman during that time, which actually brings me to another point. The What was it, the traveling cocaine circus? We didn't yeah. talk about the traveling cocaine circus. I know. We have to at least bring up for a second because that was unbelievable too. I know. I saw this amazing tweet. I forget who sent it out, but it was like, Everybody that was on that team right now is turning to their families, trying to explain to them, like, no, I, I oh. wasn't in that hotel room. That wasn't me, baby. <laughs> yeah, it was my boy Kevin Clark at the Ringer, a noted Magic fan. What's yeah, up? Um, I thought yeah. that was such a good tweet. It made me laugh yeah. so hard because, you know, because yeah. they're all older now, these guys. They're looking at their families like, no, that wasn't me. Let me tell you, they were crazy. I mean, just a testament, too, to Michael, though. He wasn't even going to get caught up in that stuff because I think there are so many guys, especially, like, coming into the league that young where, like, you see all these guys doing these things and they're your sort of quote-unquote role models, right? And you want to be like them. The fact that he was just like, nope, I don't want to be any part of this. I'm going to go back and hang out and play cards and basically just want to be a college student. It's the reason, you know, 457 why Michael Jordan is a completely different dude than the rest of us. Yeah, watching that, you know he's built differently physically, the mental makeup, you know that he is just a special individual person. But to be able to have such a competitive drive at all times and have such a singular focus is so rare because a lot of people, they can turn it off, they can turn it on. I think, you know, when Kobe passed away, that was one of the things that people talked about all the time is he was never giving less than 100%. He was never taking his foot off the gas. And I think with Michael, especially that young, I mean, he was so competitive that he just wanted to be the best that he possibly could. But, yeah, to your point, a rookie going into this situation, they're probably like, yeah, come party with us. The fact that he didn't just, I mean, it takes a lot of willpower, let me tell you. That just wasn't him. That just wasn't him. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm interested to see, to where the Jerry Kraft thing goes from here. Because maybe it gets better. Maybe it doesn't. I would imagine it gets worse because that seems to be where it's heading. And maybe that's why Michael Jordan, again, said that he people thought he was going to be a dick after watching this documentary. But I hope they let off our board Jerry Kraft just a little bit. I hope so, too. But we will hopefully recap it next week. But, um, okay, Steve, before we let you go, I wanted to do a review with you because I forgot to do a review last week. And normally you're not on the line for a review But this one is directed towards you, so I figure we might as well keep you on the line and I'll read it to you, okay? All right, here we go. This review comes from Sped50. Title says, Awesome Pod, five stars. It says, Just listen to your latest pod, and I would like to say thank you so much for the content. Much appreciated during this pandemic. Two things, Blonde or Brunette, Brunette, and Sarudi is right, all men are basically morons. And then he says, Is it possible that you could get Rosillo on? I feel it would be an epic pod. Thank you. Well, first of all, we've already had Rosillo on. So go back and find it. Download. Yeah. Subscribe. We could, we could always try to reconvene, but we do want to get Will on. That's a good call yeah. by you. We need to get Will on. Yeah, we've Will talked about that for a while. Will is one of the more interesting people there is around, period. I've always said that Will is a top five guy you want to have a beer with in life. I'm telling you, I'm not overselling him. He's an incredible dude. Oh, yeah. Can confirm. Have had a beer with Will. Awesome time. You know, I think more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life, and this is not hyperbole, the perception of Will Kane does not match the reality. Nope. Yep. yep. And I, I can I never totally agree. understand how people who watch him or more importantly listen to his show when there's more time and more context could walk away thinking the way that they think about him. Well, I had a unique sort of view of this over the last couple of years, and I'll tell you what I think it is. I think it's first take, and that's not like a negative shot at first take, but he is clearly he's doing a job on first take that he's not doing on his radio show, and so you've got a lot of people on his radio show that will 
listen to it and be like, oh, I just thought you were this douchebag on first take, but I've actually been listening to your show, and you're actually kind of a really cool dude, and you have a lot of good takes, and I may disagree with you, but I feel like you're well thought out, and you're super intelligent, and even if we're on the opposite sides of this agree- of, of some sort of debate or whatever, I respect the fact that I know that you put the work in and you're a good dude. I can't even tell you how many tweets, calls, whatever that we've had about him, about Will, specifically for that. And it's because most people, when they first consume Will, they first consume him on first take. And let's be honest, Will is pretty brazen, and he's in your face, and he's very argumentative, and he's typically on the opposite side that most people are going to be on when he's on first take. And when he's, But in real life, Will is as cool of a dude and as normal of a dude as you can be. So, we'll, uh, yeah, we got to work on that because he's one of the best dudes there is in the industry. I think we can get him on. <laughs> Yeah, I think we'll be all right. I think we can yeah, figure we'll figure it something out. out. <laughs> He's got time. He does. Well, if you haven't already, head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We will be back in action with Steve soon. Steve, thanks for doing this. We'll talk to you later. Yeah. Wait, do you want to wait? Let's tease what we're going to do on the next show too, as well, right? We got a cool oh, thing planned. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Well, why don't I just give you the floor, Steve, and you can tease it? Okay. So this will be good. Michelle had sent me a text or an email about how somebody was upset. I think you put in your Instagram story, right? That you hadn't seen the big Lebowski. Yes. So I got, I got ice cream sent to me from this amazing place, Clementine's and they have one in honor of 420 called the dude. And that's because of the big Lebowski. And I've never seen it. And I did a confessional on my Instagram story and talk about blowing up the DMS. I mean, people were upset. You should see that movie because it's a great movie. It's very funny, and it's like a cult classic, especially now. I feel like the more time goes by, the more people like love that movie. But it got me and us thinking, what are the main movies that when you say to someone, oh, I haven't seen that movie, that they're going to get the most mad about? So I think what we're going to do is we're going to give each our top ten movies that we know we probably should have seen by now, but we haven't seen, and people are going to get irrationally mad at us over So take your time, Steve, and curate a good list because there are a lot of movies I haven't seen, and I'll be interested to see if you can beat me on this one. Yeah, I have a feeling yours is going to be most in the, like, fantasy realm. I can't imagine you're a big any of those things, whatever, Star Wars, whatever. Mm -mm. Um, I can't imagine you've seen a Star Wars movie. Mine, I think, I don't know, mine are usually, like, if I've seen a movie, or if I haven't seen a movie and a decade has passed, it's just not going to happen because I just don't think things hold up. So we'll get into all that. Look out for that. That'll be a lot of fun. All right. Thanks to Rudy. Thank you to Anthony for putting this together. Thank you for listening. As Steve mentioned, we are going to be back in action in a few days. We're going to crank out that movie podcast for you. But until then, wash your hands, stay safe, and please stay at home. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.